Welcome to the Right Up Podcast. I'm Tom Casadega, joined as always by the Right Hook himself, Right Hook Ray. Ray, what's up, my man? Not much, man. What's going on? We got a very fun-filled episode and some things we uh, have to acknowledge and cover because it was a fun weekend last weekend for, 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 for the state of wrestling. There's there, there's a lot of goodwill being spread around. If you want to call Andrade's fist goodwill, then I'm, pass I'm, I'm sure good. in some kind of alternate universe that that counts as goodwill somewhere. I, well, you know, some I mean, weird Doctor Strange universe that counts as goodwill. <laughs> I, mean, I consider it our universe because Sammy Guevara getting punched in his face sounds okay to me. He went from being like. Honestly, one of my favorites to one of my least favorites on a personal level. And when I say that, I mean it because he was a young, upstarting, great little heel. And he embodied it a little too much to where it's becoming that go away heat instead of actual good heel heat. There's a different line between heel heat and go away heat. John Laurinaitis had go away heat. Sammy Guevara now has go away heat. It's not good heel heat. No. And it was everything changed for Sammy Guevara essentially around the time he dumped that uh potato sack Pam or whatever the fuck her name is everybody calls her on Twitter. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's Pamela or Pam something. I hope that's not her real name. <laughs> well, the you know, her dress yeah. they made fun of it because on dynamite she looked like she was in a potato sack. Exactly. The girl's a pretty girl or whatever, it just Sammy Guevara realized he had a chance to tap some take on to ass and was like, well, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, do I blame him? No, because to each his own, would I necessarily have gone about it that same way? Honey, if you're listening, I love you. <laughs> same applies here. <laughs> same applies here. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Swiftly moving on. But with no, I mean, I I'm 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 with you with Sammy. At first I was like, I, I get it, I see it. And then this came out, and then that came out, and it seemed ever since he's gotten a little bit more shine, it, it's it's doing what everyone thinks usually happens is actually happening in real life. And it this is just this is not me again waiting for my moment to just tear apart Tony. But this is just lack of infrastructure, man. And that didn't make sense last week. So 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 then the guy who is who is basically reacting gets sent home. But the guy who stirred all the shit up not yes. only gets to stay on the show, gets to be in the main event. And also get the win. I that's not setting good vibes in in in, in a very fragile locker room right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, like I just find it funny that Sammy and Adam Page are kind of in both their situations like shit disturbers, and they're in a weird way they're getting rewarded for being shit disturbers. Or at least, or like at least that's the perception. 
Where the hell did Adam Page come from? Well, I mean the whole the whole shoot thing on Punk and all that stuff and that whole dynamic kind of kind of jump starts or adds fuel to to that already Punk versus the Elite Fire and he he didn't help he didn't help it go away he in a way helped it made made it worse so it's just it it's just a bad vibe this is another example that i i know a lot of people don't like this reference but if you had a cowboy bill watts back there pretty sure 90 percent of this shit is not happening not happening doesn't get started doesn't get bubbled up anything i so i don't yeah <laughs> They need an HR manager. Yes, I, I will be one of the very first ones to say that. They need to outsource someone to come in and spearhead that entire part of that company. They can't hire within. They can't hire Brody's wife. They can't hire Matt Jackson's wife. They can't hire, you know what I mean, Serpentico's mom. You know what I'm trying to say? Like They can't hire somebody within the company that has a bias of any sort they have to hire a professional that can come in and handle these problems who's not tony khan tony khan is essentially he's basically he always us. made fun of he's basically us with just a really nice budget yeah and he loved to talk shit on how Vince wanted so much control and had to control everything. And he's the same way. He's worse. He micromanages everything, and then when he can't control it, he blames it on everybody else. Look at the way he came at Big Swole. Big Swole was literally only stating facts. And he went off on her and buried her on how she wasn't good enough. So then she went one further and was like, well, you smoked all my weed, you know, like things like that. He didn't have to get on that level of being petty, did he? Did she no. take it that level? Oh, she spoke back on how the fucking place was ran, on how the vision wasn't given real time. He jumped to the childish petty shit. Anytime. Think about it. Anytime he's criticized, he's a little crybaby. He's a big fucking little kid. I just sent you that fucking screen, that screen grab of that dude with that flag. Tony Khan wanks dogs. And he freaked out and replied back to some random Joe Schmo. Oh, was like, I don't deserve this. Why are you picking on me, man? Yeah, that's why I've never been fully on board with this guy. Because he's, he's just... Of, I don't want to say it like a whiny version of us, except the difference is he has this inheritance money to like to like fulfill the projects that like me, you, and other wrestling fans have wanted to do around around that time when all of us would want to like you know make our own shit mm-hmm. and like do our own thing, but obviously we couldn't make it come to life. Tony, Tony can, and yep. and and he kind of is. And it it's showing, it's showing with his his presentation, his booking, outside of like a couple things that that really were home runs. A lot of it's, I, I hate saying it, I almost feel like you can go in his office, 
and you can look at an old composition notebook from like 1998 or 2000 and that's literally what he's following step for step literally word for word but he's, he's just plugging in names he has said that before he's had written dynamites for years from when he was a child and now he's just going back and he's playing it through just tweaked out better oh yeah that's on record man oh boy i did not know that but i didn't know that but i'm also not surprised i shouldn't be surprised yeah man remember when tony khan first came on the scene and he wore them glasses and had that curly hair and he always wore a suit yeah the uh the uh rick moranis look yeah before he lost it before Mm. he lost everything yeah yeah so that's one of the first like interviews that I can honestly God remember of Tony Khan actually sitting down and talking. And he said that, that he's had dynamite written and it's been called even dynamite for years in his head. He's had dynamite and rampage since he was like 12 years old. Given need be, we have had an episode about my childhood wrestling federation as well. And man, it's, literally a guy living out his backyard bed with millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars because his dad invented the bumper <laughs> essentially you know, yeah that's what it was his dad of detroit invented what the bumper became and then that's boom his dad had that copyright patent and boom money that kid has the infinite deep pockets he has a never-ending supply of money his dad even said in that stupid interview with their football team, and it's what he said, uh, I told my kids, uh, one day I'm going to leave this earth and I'm going to leave you with a, a, a decent amount of money or something like that. You should try and use it while I'm still here. Like, something like that. Yeah. Like, he like said something essentially like, well, use a bunch of it. And let me see what you can become while I'm here. You know what I mean? And yeah, that just that whole... blew my mind. Of course, every parent wants to see their child doing great and wants to see them living out their dreams. And, you know, just that infinite deep pocket isn't always a good thing. And not even in the aspect of like any kind of drug addiction or anything like that. I'm talking about him being a wrestling promoter. Because while there's so many other people out there that if they had them infinite deep pockets... We could have some amazing fucking wrestling, man. We can rattle off a few names very quickly. <laughs> if, if, time, if time frames were different also. If time frames, this was 10, 15 years ago, and you gave Cornette this budget, Ring of Honor would probably be reigning supreme. If you gave it to Bill Watts, who knows what this world would be. Or... Or even possibly Jerry Jarrett and Jerry Lawler in Memphis. If they had this kind of, if they had those resources, this 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 would be a very different wrestling world. Oh yeah, the it would be a vastly different world. Territories would still exist. <laughs> One thing, though, speaking of territories, outside, well, actually, two things here. Uh, Tales from the territories. I'm loving it. How good. Was that episode? I'm loving it. The the freaking Kaufman episode was amazing. I just watched it after work today because because I made sure to DVR the series and I just watched it the next day. So good. 
Yeah. And then I think next week is the AWA, so I'm kind of intrigued to watch that one. Yeah, man. To actually get like like the actual nooks and crannies of a lot of the shit that we've heard. Yeah, it'll be uh Friday, it'll be on. It'll be on like the the Thursday that carries over to Friday or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm really intrigued by that show. Sorry, I kind of got a brain fart there. Um, but I'm really intrigued by that show because it's in light of Dark Side of the Ring, it brings like another good light almost to wrestling. Yeah. You know, like, you know, to like lighten the load. A that, bit. And that and also it, it gives it a healthy. Not that Dark Side of the Ring was getting it's too much. Up. Hold on. That's what I was saying. It like, okay. lightened. It lightens the load of all the negativity that Dark Side has put on wrestling. Yeah, and then that, and then it, it gives them time to really dig and maybe get some better subjects to cover. For that would be what season four. Yeah. That's season yeah. four, season five. Yeah, yeah, four. So because because honestly, if you think about it, that last stretch of the third year was like, oh well, we can finally do this. We can finally cover this. It it. It wasn't flat, but like it wasn't the way the previous two seasons ended. How did it? How did this past one end? I think the last one was the steroids trial. Okay, I think yeah. it was a steroids trial. They Canyon, like... Canyon, and was it the WCW Korea show or some shit like that? Yeah, Collision in Korea '94. Yeah. That was one of them. I mean, yeah, that's. Uh, I get what you mean compared to the previous with like the Pillman episodes and the Benoit episodes and things like that. I get you. I just, I don't know. I hope they bounce back, like you said, essentially with something good. But ultimately, what I was saying, I'm sorry to get back to my territory talk. Uh, Tales from the Territory, where it started out so good. I hope it continues to be a great show because it was really, really good. And I'm really intrigued to see where it but my second thing I was going to say was I want to give a shout out to Impact, to be honest. Impact has been the closest thing to a territory in decades. People come and go through Impact just like the old days, just like a territory. Sure, they'll sign a contract and stay for six, nine months, you know, things like that. And they have people that they have locked down. But other than that, People pass through and come and go all the fucking time. Think about it. Now I, mean, I mean, now in hindsight, like you could almost, and this is me probably making a really irrational comp. This could be like this time periods, like ECW where like guys would pop in, pop out, come back. Like, you know, like obviously there, 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 there's a handful of like mainstays. But for the most part, a bulk of the roster, a territory. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 most of the territory is just transient, and it's like, oh, hey, they left here. They're making a pit stop here before they go here. That's all I'm just saying about it. Yeah, that's what Impact's doing now, basically being a territory. They have their own little thing that they have going on, and people pass through, stop by whenever they want on their way to other things passing through in between jobs just get released you go to impact for a little while until you get your bearings back and then you move on that's what i've been yeah. trying to do and that's what impact's been doing and i absolutely love it like mia yim just passed through she's done there now you know like they're 
again, the Good Brothers were just previously their tag team champions before they lost them to Honor No More. And now the Good Brothers are back on Raw. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it just it 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 works, and I who would have thought that that would have that this would be like the positive turnaround because there was a lot of stench with that brand, and yep. and now it's at least at least to me and you anyway, and to probably some others who really watch it because I just I I cannot find it for the fucking life of me. There they are, they are very much cleaning a lot of that stench off. The, yeah. the at least these past two years for sure. Oh yeah, they're they're definitely they're they're definitely cleaning up a lot of the Dixie Hogan Bischoff that whole foul stench era. Yep. That that really has stuck with that brand. It's just it's given them a whole new light. Yeah, and the whole Scott the more entire regime so far has literally been a breath of fresh air. Now, have all of his booking decisions been good? No, fuck no. no. There's plenty of times that I'm glad that I haven't bought the Impact pay-per-view because of how bad the finish was for the main event or some of the other decisions. Ultimately, even just now at Bound for Glory this past weekend, I was (laughs) so surprised at the Call Your Shot Gauntlet Battle Royal when Bully Ray came out, let alone when Bully Ray won the motherfucking thing, to let alone end the show by coming out and challenging Josh Alexander for the world title. And the show going off the air of him and Alexander holding up the belt with a stare down. Yeah, I I saw that online while watching Extreme Rules. And I was like, huh, okay. I I, I thought Bully was really happy with doing busted open and apparently he's not. I mean, I, I, I get the angle of some sort, you know, Josh has to take on a quote unquote impact legend or, or whatever you want to define bully Ray as. And this will give strange credibility to Josh Alexander who probably doesn't need it because you don't want NWA do you? Um, I I will check online the next day, but but I I've, I've honestly forgot when it's on and and where. Okay, well it's on YouTube and it's on okay. Fight. Uh, Wednesdays you can watch it on Fight. Fridays it's free on YouTube. Okay. What I was gonna say was, if you keep up with NWA, he's Bully Ray's been in NWA feuding with Matt Cardona. Huh. It was a Twitter beef that started on that busted open radio. I was just going to say, they, they, they kind of had like a tick-for-tack thing on, on Busted Open. And that's led to this NWA storyline. And it's been a whole thing now. And it's been building and building to a match. So, yeah. Bully Ray recently fought like Mike Knox, because Mike Knox is in the Cardona family there. You know, it's... Uh, I'll say right now, NWA is at its best since the pandemic. That's prior fair. to the pandemic, prior to the pandemic, they were on a fucking roll. They were on a roll. I watched every single Wednesday live on YouTube. It was so good. Pandemic was started, you know, 
everything started good on Hill. Then Marty Scroll got fucking caught up in that rape thing. He went away after they did, did that huge debut for him. And then pandemic happened. Boom. Everything shut down. They came back. Nothing was the same. It was terrible. They essentially had to rebuild. And now they have like a solid fucking casting crew down there again. And it's, they just did uh, their 74, NWA 74. Like they had Barry Windham and JJ Dillon show up. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It's, uh, I'll tell you what, man. They have a lot of good talent. You know what I mean? There's some people that obviously I don't like wrestling reasons, other reasons, whatever. But they have a nice little fucking a little cast them, you know. Something nice to build off of and at least keep this thing afloat until until that next piece or opportunity comes to them, which it's always out there for anybody. It, you know, especially with someone who has the access and resources to certain things, kind of like Billy Corgan does. I know Billy's a little bit of a nicely different breed. Yeah, he's a strange man. Yeah, but please. at the same time, he still can tap into certain things and resources, and probably get probably get this thing moved along a little bit better because you know he's he's he has he, friends in other places. Yeah, because he's a lead man from like a really prominent '90s rock group. So I I I don't unless he's burnt the bridges completely down. I don't think he can't reach out to to something or somebody. Speaking of that, he just did his music video for the Smashing Pumpkins for the new song, and it features all them NWA wrestlers in it. It's a strange music video, man. So is it their version of like Stand Back or the Rock and Slam video? No, it's <laughs> just strange. I, again, I'm honestly shocked to hear that they're still making music. <laughs> yes, they're yeah. They've been back on tour for a little while now, and then they recently announced their new album's coming out, and then they recently just put out their first song from this new album. And they, all right, I don't like to try and talk shit. Like I was saying, I don't want to uh, sound terrible when I'm talking about people from the NWA. There's this one piece of plastic Russian girl, whatever the fuck, who thinks like she is God's gift to man in real life and in her character. So it's kind of like character portrays real life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Her plastic surgery looks terrible and her body is not that good look. Of course, there's all them weird boner heads that are like tripping over this fucking broad, but bro, she's just, I, I have more plastic in my spatula drawer you know what i'm trying to say it's a competition with this broad i'm not sure and it's just i can't remember her name right now it's like natalia markolov or something i've i've heard i've seen that name pop up on like twitter and reddit and i'm just like oh oh oh." i'm like okay i'm like i'm like all right this must be something and this must have, this must be like the new flavor kind of thing. Yeah, it's like Billy Corgan's like type of girl because then they have this other blonde 
interviewer chick who's this stupid former porn star chick. Is she like covered in tattoos? Yeah. Oh god. She, oh my god. Her name Maya or something. Maya Valentina or something like that. It's something like really stupid like that. But anyway, those two are like the women of the NWA. Uh, and they're like backstage and color commentary sometimes and shit. And it's aim painful you can clearly tell they know dick about wrestling but they have a fucking job because of the way that their body works is exactly what it comes down is it wrong to say in certain lights yeah but in reality is it the truth 100 percent And that one Russian chick is in the new Smashing Pumpkins music video with all the other NWA wrestlers. And they're all like coming, walking down this like hallway aisle thing. And it has like one of those kaleidoscope looking backgrounds. And it's fucking weird, man. It's just, I don't know. It's it's very on brand for Billy today. Yes. You know what I mean? But speaking of the people from the NWA, like I was saying, that's. Probably my biggest peeves about the company are those two because that's like Billy's type of woman. Makes sense. You know, he has that, uh, that rock star taste. Well, that's not what I was going to say. I was going to say he has like, yeah, what the hell is that girl's name? Uh, Velvet Sky, or whatever the fuck. Yeah. She's on commentary. Tim Storm and that little pipsqueak guy that looks like a mashup of Tom Phillips and Josh Matthews. So does Velvet Sky like still work? Because I thought she had like a neck issue. No, she's a commentator. Okay. That's what it is. She's color commentary on NWA and she shouldn't be anywhere near color commentary desk. And am I being, you know, sexist or whatever? No, I'm literally speaking the truth. Tim Storm shouldn't be behind the fucking commentary desk. These I, yeah. not every not every wrestler resonates to the fucking commentary desk from the ring. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Not everybody you, you gotta have that certain charisma and know how I mean verbiage and feel. A JBL or you know, a different along those lines. Even like a Mongo. Mongo is pretty decent on the commentary. He could fucking talk yeah. about you know what I'm trying to say? There's not everybody can translate from being in the ring to the commentary. Like Mick Foley was not that good on commentary. No, no, it was not. <laughs> Taz is hilarious on commentary. That's his niche. You get what I'm trying to say? Is Taz JR? No, but he's Taz. Yeah. You get what I'm trying to say? Like, if it works, okay. But if it doesn't, there's just no point. It's just an instant stop. Just stop, pull the plug. Literally, think back on on different people in commentary that just didn't really... I hate to even say this. Savage was not good on commentary. I know. I know. I know all of us want to put that in a good light, but he wasn't a good commentator. Go back and watch some of them old Raws from literally early 94. Oh yeah, brother, you know, and then off the rope, you man, you you hear that for so long, it just it becomes annoying. Yeah. 
Like I, I love. I'm trying to think of former guys that are going now. Nigel's really good, but then again, it's also Nigel. Nigel McGinnis is okay. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. Of- Wade is okay. Booker's okay for Booker. No. He he's like okay for. He's definitely okay for Booker T. He has that same thing as Taz. It's it's a stick that gets him over. Is he a solid commentator like a JR? No. No. But he's like a Taz. He has that. He can do color, but he's also a comedic color commentator. He's not calling play by play, but he'll call color. No. Like you Alex Riley wasn't that good. Did you just mention Alex Riley on this fucking show? I yes, I did. <laughs> To just go to just going through the litany of guys just rattling off the top of my head. Like a fart and a queef, bro. I, <laughs> you, don't, you don't get ranked on this. He was so, fucking two. So then so then Percy Watson doesn't count either. Did you what in the fuck <laughs> in WWE are you reaching back for? I, I I'm just rattling off examples in those. And those two popped up. The worst ones. I, <laughs> I don't know why. And it's more than likely, it's more likely because be, just because I regularly watched NXT throughout that time and they were and and they were on commentary. And a lot of and like a lot of people like their commentary. I was not one, but just using the example. Of like former guys who don't translate, I, I those two would definitely be in that basket, contrary to what everyone felt. Now, when I say translate from the ring to the desk, you are literally using that everybody mark because I'm the people like Percy Watson, who wrestled for literally a shorter amount of time than it takes me to fucking take a shit. And was on commentary for literally a cup of tea, and you're gonna no, 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 bro, no. I'm talking people like if you want to consider Mark Henry or Big Show, you know names like that that have gone and are trying even to do it, and how bad it is. Things like that, people that are actually employed again as like a commentator that have a good background from wrestling like i wouldn't and i would not include cm punk on this list because because that was like more of like novelty right yes yes you get what i'm trying to say on that okay you think i mean am i going crazy but like didn't like didn't like shane do or shane douglas do some kind of ecw commentary for like a stint Shane Douglas did commentary in WCW and ECW, but only for like a random fart. Yeah, like for like show. okay, so like it, so like it wasn't. No, he wasn't. Like, wasn't okay, so I'm not going fully crazy. Okay, he had that arm injury on his elbow or whatever. Yeah, that fucking arm brace and yeah. And yeah. I think I've I think I've seen a viral or heard a viral clip clip from Impact that Dreamer does part time commentary work. If he's not doing busted open, you just said that Shane Douglas was a backstage commentator. He wasn't on the desk, but he no. was a backstage. He was a backstage analyst for TNA, and that's the same as Dreamer. Dream World okay. random segments like that too. But yeah, no, I'm talking like color commentary on the desk. You know what I mean? 
Mm-hmm. Like people like Matt Stryker, who actually translated over. Matt Stryker had a, yeah, not a decent run, not a good no. run. He was a former wrestler who, who became a better commentator than he was a wrestler. I.E. Corey Graves. Yeah. Sterling James Keenan from Pittsburgh here. Definitely thought he was going to be like a multi-time over intercontinental champion and that he was going to be a star, to be honest with you. But the NXT thing, him and Neville were the tag champs. Okay. you. I bet you didn't remember that. No, I do. Yeah. I do. Um, that's, you know, I thought that dude was literally going to be like, you know, kind of where Damian Priest is now. That's if the that same means- thing that I used to think. Cause I'm like, like, I don't know who this guy is, but, 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 but like he has something and it, it just, mm-hmm. it popped out to you. And then the injury thing or whatever happened and that completely detoured everything, which is kind of a good thing. Ironically. That's the one good thing about the wrestling indie scene around downtown Pittsburgh. We, as the wrestling scene, knew who, you know, James Keenan was. You know what I'm trying to say? And then the whole, uh, the PWX send-off and, you know, all the different things like that that had happened when he first went to NXT were things that, let me say it this way, um, it was just kind of one of them like, oh, a local kid, he got signed by WWE. Nobody expect, let me just say this. Nobody expected him to go and make it from our local. Nobody. Yes, there was people that will stand there and tell you that they did because they're trying to dick ride. But people used to talk so much shit about him being like tall and skinny and like stuff like that. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And he doesn't look it, the part. He's a such and such ripoff, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. They literally, like, it was just, there was always some sort of like fucking, I won't say trying to clown, but yeah, somebody trying to be a smart shit. So then he goes to NXT and then he, he's not on, he wasn't on TV right away or anything. Well, he went away for a while and then he came back and was, you know, Corey Graves. Bro, I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't watch NXT right then and on his debut. Just kind of burned out. Was I the biggest fan of NXT right off the bat? I'm gonna be honest with you. No. Why? Because I had other priorities. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. At that hole, I was just kind of like tapped out on did I pay attention to wrestling? Yes, but I was kind of tapped out of wrestling. Got my life in check. Came back to wrestling. Anyway, during that time, he won the fucking tag titles with never one and then that, that stupid neck injury, like we just mentioned a minute ago. And then there was that takeover that he came up to the announce desk and then he announced that he was retired from in-ring competition and everybody cried like it was like it was Daniel Bryan, you know. Everybody was like, oh. And I guess I'll even say it this way. Even now, I still don't really feel the impact of him having to retire because he got that second light as a commentator. Mm-hmm. You get what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost kind of like he has surpassed anything of what he might have done otherwise, being a commentator compared to being in the ring form. Yeah, like 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 it's almost as if he, he didn't he he didn't skip a beat. It was just like a a small pause. 
that transitioned into something far, far, far better for him, ironically. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say that completely. It's a way better circumstance for him being a commentator, for sure. Um, so, moving on a little bit, actually. Extreme Rules. Keep it in the WWE family. Yes. Extreme Rules was Saturday. Um, you want to do the review? You want to review the matches? Um, yeah, Monday. sure. Um, Run it back. The, the opener... Overall, I like the show. I know people aren't a fan of stipulation-related shows, but that was a really good show. That was a really good show Saturday. Um, they they made it feel important. That there was a lot of things that were concluded and are being through-lined or followed through. But yeah, based on the extreme rules, it's kind of like the tier two pay-per-view in, in some in some aspects. That that was really good considering considering its its placement and placement and ranking amongst all the other pay-per-views. It's not money in the bank, it's not WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, but it it definitely did it this and this and Clash have been pretty good. So so that's a good sign going forward that a lot that all these shows are gonna mean and feel like something again. But um yeah. So I mean the opener match was really good. Um, you know, Brawling Brutes versus Im- versus Imperium is fail proof. It'll it'll never suck. They they just it just works. Yeah, I, I could have done without certain things, but to just be from a enjoyment aspect, it was a, a good opener. It definitely got everybody going. It kind of set the tone. In some way, but just those those six guys just they to to kind of mock their their little catchphrase. They put put on banger after banger after banger. There's really not much to shit on about that. You that Dalbrook match was pretty decent. Yeah. At one point, I thought uh, there was going to be a spot because they had that big stack of the barrels. I thought somebody was going to get thrown into it, and they were all going to fall down. On I the thought front. the same thing too. Like I was like, so but- is. I'm like, so is Gunther throwing Dunn or, or Butch through this? Or yeah, is but, or, or is Reed throwing Kaiser through this? Yeah. But then Pete Dunn ends up doing that moonsault off of it, and that was the only thing that they did from it. So, yeah, I, I wasn't a – I was not disappointed by that match. No. Let me think that. It was decent. It was very, very good. Um, Now – do we get to the rubber? Well, I won't even say rubber match because Sheamus has won both. Or no, fuck, Gunther's won both times. Shit. Gunther's won both both singles matches. Yeah, so there's really need for a third Gunther and Sheamus, which I know we're still going to get. Yeah. And because, that's because that's just a good match you got to have. I think Sheamus will take the Intercontinental title. And then, and then, and then finally get the Grand Slam. Accolade. Yep. And then that'll somehow elevate Imperium in some fashion. You maybe get them in some kind of main event picture, maybe. Depends on what the rest of the landscape after last after Saturday. It'll depend on the landscape because there's a lot of change, especially on SmackDown. 
So, but I mean, they're, they're, they're clearly doing everything they can to establish Imperium as that like up and coming bad guy, heel stable faction thing. And they're doing their best with Gunther, but, but, but Gunther is damn near Teflon and he's, he's practically foolproof. You mentioned him being in the main event scene. Let me just say right there, they need to do something with the belts with Rome at this point. I'm look, I love acknowledge my like tribal chief, but it's starting it's it's just the fucking landscape is just starting to get too big. You have to split them. You have to at least split those. The tag titles make one tag title. That's all you need. Yeah. I'm perfectly fine with the tag titles, just based on the fact that that like that like tag division doesn't have depth right now. Yeah. It doesn't have depth. But when it comes to the, the main event titles, you have plenty of depth to share the wealth on both shows. Exactly. And that's why they need to do something. I I just don't I don't get it. There's no need to build Roman this unless they're just purposely trying to set records with him at this point. That's what it feels like to me, honestly. You know what I mean? Like, it just gives me that vibe 100%, like, that these people, like, they're just dead set on Roman has to have these records. Longest reigning champ. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, 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 it feels like they're trying to do everything they can to give him that, like, Bruno mystique. Yeah. And like, it, that's clearly the end game. At first, it was going very strong, and now it's starting to get stale. Bro, it's getting stale. It's same shit week after week. You know, he he, he might be there. He'll show up the next week. He's gone the next week. He does dick. <laughs> Which, I mean... Bro. Must be nice to kind of have that to have that spot <laughs> to just kind of oh I can show up bi-weekly. <laughs> I can show up bi-weekly, say basically a catchphrase, smile, laugh, crack a joke, and go home. <laughs> and that's what they mean. They have that all worked out to where that that's why you have Solo Sokoa and that's why you have Sami Zayn because it takes away that load from Roman. Them appearing for the bloodline kind of takes away the need to have Roman wrestle every week. And it's a shitty way to look at it, but it works because it's passing off that load. It's just, it, it's getting stale without having the titles anywhere. Am I saying rush and hurry up and take the belts off him and put one on Cody or something? No, but work it into a good fucking storyline where it actually is going to make sense. Make it matter. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. To to make the make the, the main belts feel like important. important. Yeah. I important just... and like not and not and not teetering towards like prop prop stratosphere. Because that's where it 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 could very well swing that way very, very quickly. It's there. <laughs> it's there. I just don't get it. Like I, like I I don't get why he just doesn't drop the WWE title. They bring He's it only- back over. They bring it back over to Raw, 
and then Roman can be the longest reigning universal champ and you can still get that and do what you kind of want, but he doesn't need both titles to do that. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, he's only been carrying the blue universal title anyway. So it's like go back if you go back and watch the past few weeks, Paul Heyman's only had the universal blue title. He hasn't been carrying both belts lately. Do something about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just have him forfeit one of the belts or something, or like how Keith Lee did after he won both belts at the Great American Bash that year. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. And he had to give up the North American because he had the bigger prize. Yeah. And that's what he said. He'd rather he see other talent holding the belt. And that's a fucking shit show story. He gave up the North American title and then lost the world title two weeks later to Carrying Cross. Like, fucking shit. But, uh, going back to Extreme Rules, we got the SmackDown women's title match. Um, Probably on the low end of the card since the other matches weren't weren't this bland meh and yeah um i don't know what they're doing from here i the story they tried to tell in the match i see what they're trying but it just yeah this is a mess i don't know what they're gonna do over on friday nights whenever it comes to the comes to the women's title um with now ronda i'm assuming as heel ronda I I just yeah. It seems like they're trying to make Liv Morgan like nuts or something. Yeah, I'm not like like they're definitely trying to make her like this deranged. I like the pain thing, and I'm like, oh, I'm like okay. Remember how weird she was in the spirits or in the, I said in the spirit squad, in the riot squad, how she was like kind of like a Harley Quinn type of broad. Yeah. I think that's what they're going to try and go for. It's they're going to try to rehash that, but put a little tweakage to it. Yeah, like she's going to be on her own now. And she's just going to be a little fucking mental case. And I just... I don't know. But anyway, it was my least favorite match of the night. Agreed. That, that definitely was. Like, like, like I was definitely the getting offended. dinner and taking a piss and would check in and probably play on my phone a little bit. Look up, like, oh, okay, they're doing this. Oh, okay, but yeah, the finish was shitty. Yeah, I, yeah, it's like I get it, but no, just no. Well, next, next was what was next? Was it? Oh, the uh, the strap match, McIntyre and Cross. Uh-huh. Um, your guy. Who you thought was going to be the White Rabbit? Guilty as charged. Guilty as charged. Just because Morgan Cross. They clearly love. They clearly got something for him. They 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 see something in him. Yes, but it's not the fucking White Rabbit. rabbit. (laughs) What he is, and I tried to even show you and explain to you, like why would it be that when he's this embedded in a feud? And you're like, nope, it's WWE. And I even said to you. Bro, you don't always got to be ahead of the internet. You don't always got to think different just to think different. It's okay to think what you really want to think. And you're like, well, I don't want to be disappointed. 
then you know it's going to be Wyatt, but you want to think different just in case you can be like, aha, I was right. No. Yes. Wasn't. In some passage, yes. Like, 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 like just, I, I mean, we will discuss that when we get to it because you definitely get a, v- a well-deserved victory lap on it. But the strap match didn't suck. Um, both guys are good. It wasn't anything crazy because I, I hate being jaded. It's kind of a strap match. Um, the ending I could have done without. They they could have found something else to do than the uh, law enforcement grade pepper spray thing. And then all of a sudden he does like the Chris Hero forearm smash, and that's how he wins. Um, I think everyone knew that 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 like Cross was gonna have to win the match because they they've been doing so much to get him up to that point that him losing would make no sense. And yep. Drew's kind of Teflon, where like Drew can eat the loss and he'll still be Drew, but I'm 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 sure that's gonna wear out soon because you're gonna they have can't. to do something special or do or do some kind of change, something special for Drew. Yeah. That's what I mean. They can't do that all the time. It's It would be with the same thing with anybody. That is that Teflon made that could eat the loss. But if you do it over and over and over again, it wears off and it becomes shit. Yeah. It loses its shine. So now, okay, McIntyre lost the cross. Maybe he gets his win back. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they just move the fuck on. Which probably isn't going to happen yet but they gotta just here's my thing either they're going to keep McIntyre a top star or they're not is it's another thing without the belt anywhere and him being on Smackdown and not Raw it's even more of a bigger mess because when he was on Raw and he was fighting for the world title during the pandemic and shit he was a top guy and it was known he was a top guy yeah he got to the SmackDown, bro. He's like been mid card at best. He lost to Roman, and he hasn't been doing dick. Yeah, they have him just wallowing in a class that he shouldn't. He shouldn't be in. Teaming he, random weeks with like the New Day and stuff because they need a random big guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. That's the downside to not having double world titles. You know what I mean? One on each show. It's oh, it opens up that whole other division, and, and, and it gives a refresher for a lot of people that you can say, "Oh, well, they're getting stale on Monday. Let's let's shuffle them to Friday. Shuffle them from Friday to Monday." And Person, yeah. You so that's why, like, I I don't know if they've acknowledged this or not, but I hope they keep the brand split. And I'm assuming after Survivor Series. There has to be like some kind of shakeup draft, right? Or just like a clear, a clear factory reset, because because so many guys are on both shows, like so many guys are on both shows, to where like now everyone's like, is there a brand split? Is that gone? Like, there's just a lot of gray. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird time. I I don't know. I can't answer. I don't know if Survivor Series War Games is going to end up being Raw versus SmackDown or like something else. And we'll see. Yeah, that especially especially for the men's War Games because there's multiple feuds that like you can do. 
yeah that's what i was gonna say before we go too deep into that i uh that's what i was thinking about it's they can they will they combine feuds like how they used to do it back in the day or is it going to be like just one clear-cut team raw versus team smackdown in that fucking war games match? is there going to be a raw teams woman you know smackdown versus raw you know what i mean because yeah. they said two cage matches men's and women's of course which is annoying and have it doesn't mean the women always have to have it either yeah, but unfortunately, that it's just because the world we're in now that that that's just yeah that's just part of the business now, which is like yeah yeah like like no offense, do I Make need it. like a do I need a a girls hell in a cell match for a title? No, no not really, <laughs> no, not at all. I don't need to see Bailey and Bianca Belair or Sasha Banks and Charlotte in a fucking hell in a cell. Yeah, no. it's just no, nah, like nah, I'm cool. And, yeah. and and again that, that that it's not a knock on them. It's just it it's not it's not necessary. Exactly. Money in the bank, okay, makes sense. Cool. Them main eventing a WrestleMania night, cool, makes sense. But for them to have like elimination chamber and hell in the cell and and potentially war games going 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 go, going forward, it's just it's no, that 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 might be like a bridge too far. It's a lot because it's one of them things. Those used to be blow off matches for feuds, not just gimmick matches, just to have them. You get where I'm trying to say, like yeah. where this is the lackluster, like one of it anymore. You know what I mean? It's just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess it's there. That's what I mean. It's kind of lackluster. It's just like, <laughs> but no. Uh, back to Extreme Rules. I'm sorry. Yeah, but that was that. Strap match. The strap match was all right. The ending was as expected. Cross gets the win. We build on that. Um, thing was what the women's ladder match, the first singles women's ladder match, which I found amazingly puzzling that that was the first one. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like in my mind, we had it. Nope. Because but they apparently can't... not. Yeah, they had money in the bank, but that's what I'm saying. Other than that, they can't work, man. That's why they don't need shit like that. So they finally had two women that could actually work a decent ladder match in Bel Air and Bailey, and it was okay at best. Yeah, it was okay. That's, kind of. Okay. I, I hate well, saying it, it. It it like played the hits. Yeah. It kind of. It kind of. Kind of did the huge. Bianca goes over. But clearly, this rivalry is not over. They'll probably pick it up in some fashion at like Survivor Series. That's definitely what we're heading towards in some way. I think. See, I don't want to say it too soon that they should have pulled the trigger and let Bailey get the belt, but maybe they should have, and then they could have had that whole rechase of Bel Air. You know what I'm trying to say to get it back for around like the Rumble time. Yeah. And then and then just for get her going I mean, for like the road to mania for 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 whomever she's gonna take down next. Yeah. There's just I don't know. The match was what it was. The ladder match was what it was. A women's ladder match. Then there's the I quit match, which was uh all right. All right. Um, they kind of did the norm I quit stuff. The ending definitely helps Judgment Day. It definitely makes Rhea probably extremely hateable 
because of what happened at the end, the whole, I, I, I kind of figured that that was the only way that edge was going to say it. Cause if Finn lost that, that would make judgment day completely feckless. So, I mean, they're, they're clearly doing something, uh, Dom attacking Dom is just getting heat because it's just, it's, it's right there. Him and him and Rhea are, are definitely are, are definitely the heaters of that of that faction. Finn Finn needed the win. He got it. So and so it seems like seems like they're rerouting Balor correctly. Because it me and you and a lot of people have been banging this drum for a while. It's long overdue. You have to, there's no reason why. He's not a main event figure feature on main roster. It it's it's literally a crime against humanity. Yeah, but it was a, but it was a solid night for Judgment Day, and and just based on how it started and what it and what it is now, it's it's at least a step in the right direction. It's at least a step in the right direction. I agree. I agree. And then the following night on Raw, or two nights later on Raw. Uh, Balor tries to get AJ to join Judgment Day, uh, and he turns him down to a returning Gallus. And then we're gonna get Club versus Judgment Day. Um, I'm sure everyone er- everyone's salivating for some kind of Bullet Club reference on on television, but it, it, but but it, it's just a smart thing to do because both guys need this. And because both guys should should be in the main event fold in some fashion, because AJ's kind of been on this weird back burner, and Finn Finn's been through the roller coaster the roller coaster events, and now Triple H is trying to trying to right some wrongs there, and that's and that's probably the best thing for both of them right now, is to just pair them up, acknowledge the whole past in some way, shape, or form. Either outright or tongue in cheek, and then overall, the matches are going to be good because Anderson Gallows and AJ are, are steady pros, and Finn Finn and Finn, Finn and Priest are, are are good pros, and 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 Dom seems like a teachable student. They uh Monday when they came out, Corey Graves was marking out. He's like. The original, the original, the authentic, oh, the one and only, the the original club, the OC are back. Like he was plugging, trying so hard to make to not say the obvious. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, I don't know. He called them the Good Brothers and everything. The Good Brothers are here. They're here. Um, (laughs) I, I can understand why they're coming back. You know, they get that last shot, I guess, in WWE. But when they just got let go this last time, they were so mad. They talked so much shit. Yes, they did. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, they buried that fucking place. All their different shit they did. Talking talking shop manias, you know, all the different shows, all the different things they've done. They just went back. I of course AJ probably had influence on that timing. His summer they were during they were during the summer they were under contract to Impact, 
and then their contract ended. They went over and worked a little bit more in Japan, and then here they are. Monday they showed up. I just, I, I was surprised. I really was. I just, I didn't expect them to go back after everything that had happened. I, like, when it comes to returns and comebacks in wrestling, I think it's because I've been programmed this way. But it's, it's proven true. Just to never say never and. I'm sorry. I truly believe that like Triple H is some kind of like peacemaker whisper because he, he I because everything that he's been involved in he he's he's kind of mended fences and people come back and people get involved and things are smoothed out. You're right. So You're I'm right. I'm just I'm just going to go with Triple H probably probably worked that magic and was like, Hey, what happened was the past, the prior regime and decision-making all that's gone. Clean slate. <laughs> Believe me, I feel you on that a hundred percent. I really do. Just based on the yeah. fact that his, his track record is impeccable right now. Cause he's, yeah. he's made a lot of things that a lot of people are like, we will never see this again. Have kind of happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Then Extreme. we got. Yeah, and then we got our main event, the fight pit match with. Yeah. Matt Riddle, Seth Rollins, and Cormier as the ref. Um, pretty safe assumption. Cormier is not ready to do anything. Wrestling wise, he definitely did not look in. He's built like my brother Chris. He definitely not in fighter shape. He yeah. he 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 definitely he definitely has the commentator bod. Uh-huh. So, but the match was all right. Um, a little different from from the Thatcher Riddle match. How how it started up top and worked its way down, which I was a little thrown off by, but. You know, it was a solid match because it's it's real and rolling. So so I mean, so it's not gonna suck. It was really kind of stiff, hard hitting. I'm not gonna lie. Um, the move at the end that that uh Broton, I I I I cringed. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I was like, someone is hurt. <laughs> Somebody's hurt. I don't know who, but somebody is hurt because <laughs> that looked brutal and 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 it looked like riddle was trying everything he can to not make it be worse and it just there was no way not out of that that situation i was like oh my god (laughs) Mm -hmm. there's no way around that oh Like, I mean, like, I watched that match intently, and then as soon as he started positioning and setting up, I was like, at, at, at first, I was like, he's not going to, he's he's not going to try a floating bro, is he? Because there, there, there's no way that he can stick this. <laughs> there's no way that he can stick this and not and not hurt him or Seth, or and both. Did. And then all of a sudden he does that broton. I was like, that's probably even worse. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's insane, man. Insane. I 
Oh man. I was surprised it was the main event, obviously. But I, I was too because I went in thinking it was either gonna be the ladder match or possibly the I quit match. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of figured that that would be the closer, and I kind of thought the fight pit would open just to kind of get that crazed atmosphere going. And yeah. when and then as soon as they announced that that was the main event, I was like, huh, okay. So <laughs> while I was thinking the card was going to be different, was going to try and factor into the Wyatt. Thing. That's why I, I, I kind of lean towards the I quit because the whole spooky dark element, you can hint, tease, acknowledge that with all parties involved. Well, here's what I thought was going to happen. I thought it was going to end up being like, okay, well, Rollins is in the ring that they'll end up raising this fucking fight pit or something, and then the lights will go up. You get what I'm trying to say? Well, then that ended up not happening that way. Michael Cole did the whole sign-off and everything. Thought they were off air because the lights went out, and then boom. That's when everything started to happen. And the whole world in his hands started happening. Then the whole characters appearing. And then Bray Wyatt appears at the Firefly Funhouse store. That's like abandoned with cop. Like the whole thing was awesome. Like the whole time it was unfolding, as soon as I heard the song, I was like, I'm wrong. And I'm mm-hmm. disappointed. But I'm happy because I really thought that he had just veered off into doing this whole movie thing because by all accounts, he was really successful and really enjoying his work. And then when everything unfolded and they started showing the like puppets in human form and the burnt mask that's on the table and then there's the ominous door that's kind of got the moss on it. And then it shows the the fun house with the cobwebs and the TV like it's as soon as all that came out, I was like, this is definitely and then and, and then they do the door that has like well, like the uh the small Brody Lee Easter egg tribute and then it goes dark and then we see the lantern and the unveiling and I say this a lot with I say this a lot with a lot of these moments, but that that crowd made the moment. Oh yeah. That that crowd made the moment when when it goes crazy after seeing the fiend character, and then it goes crazy once they once they show the Firefly Funhouse abandoned house video and it's playing the music on like the warped record, and then there's the door, the door kicks open, they kind of go crazy, goes dark, and then goes up another notch when whenever Bray walks out like with the lantern. And he walks out and it stops. So no one's sure if it's him. And then once everybody notices the lantern's moving and there's this figure that's walking with it, it, it made it clear. And then, you know, they start the holy shit chants. Holy shit, holy shit. He's standing there. And then all of a sudden he takes the mask off and the place erupts again. And then he says, I'm here. It's a new logo. I, that, that couldn't have there would have been no better way to end that show and it's probably one of the more exciting returns in probably recent history and 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 that's not living in the moment that 
that's just a fact. Like, I mean, like that, that like return was something special. And, and think about it. I'm sorry to finally jump in there. No, no. And think about it. Another return from all time. Yep. The Fiend. When he first came back as the Fiend and attacked Finn Balor on Raw. And then there was that, and then there was that amazing SummerSlam entrance that everyone was like, "What is this?" Yeah, boom, yeah, that was and that that was his debut. That was he appeared as the Fiend and attacked Finn Balor. If you remember, yep, he had that first match with Balor at SummerSlam after he attacked him. You remember that? Yeah, yeah. That's when that first original entrance, when he came out with the head lantern, the head lantern that kind of got the eye sewn shut and it's perfect. Yeah. That is up there, right there, right beside his brand new unveiling. And recently I watched a movie called black phone. We did too. And we watched that like, Oh, we watched that like a month ago. And like, as soon as I saw the mask, I was like, is he the same guy makes that fucking mask? Okay. I actually retweeted it on Twitter. He made the mask. Like, it's the same guy. And uh, he actually replied to some people's tweets about that. They were like, wow, it looks like that mask. And he's like, yeah, because I made them both. And it's an amazing fucking thing. I'm excited to see where this goes. I really am. Well, like, I'm, I'm really excited for Friday and to see how the show starts, where where he shows up, when he shows up, who he interacts with is a really big thing. Like yeah. I I'm, I'm I'm going to assume the end game is is the whole like full circle story how like Roman comes back at the pandemic SummerSlam, Spears Bray starts the empire of like the head of the table tribal chief and then now we fast forward full circle Bray comes back and can challenge him and it's like you know the ghost from the past has come back and like I'm I'm going to assume that that's probably the way that this shakes out that they kind of do a whole let's bring this story like full circle because when Roman really starts this rise is from that moment whenever he comes during the Strowman Wyatt match but now it what happens then with Cody and everything, do you split the belts? I'm going to assume in order for this to happen, they're probably gonna be like, we gotta split these things because 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 we can't just ignore Cody when he comes back because he was the hottest entity there, and then that freak injury happened. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's probably a strange universe. Not probably in the immediate future, but let's say trying to spitball one SummerSlam next year, we can easily get Cody versus Bray easily for like next summer. Yeah, Uh, everybody will be back and healthy. Hopefully, everybody will be back and healthy, and then. And then Cody and Bray can kind of tap into a rich story and you can possibly tap into family lineage and history. And then, and then kind How of Dustin helped create the Bray Wyatt character. Yeah. You can tap into that. And then, and then like, you can kind of sort of do the whole 
Cena Wyatt WrestleMania 30, that time period feud where like, you know, to where like Cena wins the battle, but somehow Wyatt Wyatt like wins the war and stars him and makes him a different person and he comes out of it differently. Like, but like like that right there is pretty much a layup, but I don't think that's happening at WrestleMania. I'm that that's that's definitely gonna be like next summer next summer, end of the year kind of stuff. It's crazy to think about where wrestling's going to be in a year from now. Let's say that. AEW and WWE alike. Because that, that's where we'll jump next. What about all the AEW drama and all the bullshit backstage? Um, what do you think about Andrade and Sammy? Andrade, Andrade, Sammy, we kind of covered at the start. I'm not mad at Andrade at all. No. Um, I totally we, get it. We talked about Sammy in the beginning. Yeah, of I, I like I totally get it. Um, he's my opinion justified. He was very much in like his right to respond the way he did last week. Um, my thing was, do you think Andrade's kind of be like? Do you think he did that on purpose to get fired to come back to WWE because? That's where my next line was going to go was you kind of see it as AEW's kind of regretting signing all of them former NXT people now that everything's starting seemingly to backfire. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think Andrade did it like, okay, like I'm, I'm not calling him stupid because he's not stupid, but. I don't think he's that much of a forward thinker chess player to think that many steps ahead to be like, well, if I do this and that leads to, no, I just think some of that, some of that exchange on Twitter got him pissed off and rightfully so. And, and it led to that. And it just so happens that all this falls into this weird narrative that like, that like him and a couple other people are now all of a sudden trying or trying their best to get out of contracts and go back because of this regime change and the pure chaos that's that's happening over there and how it seems to not get better. It seems to get worse every week. It seems to be like another horror story or another another something comes out like pretty much sent all out. That's kind of been the vibe. It's been like every other week. And it just yeah. Um do I think Tony regrets signing all the NXT guys? No, especially especially knowing certain ones. Certain ones he knows he's got under he's got under lock and key that pretty much Triple H would do anything to get back. And we have went over those those names multiple times. But for those who are new to the show. Tony Khan's pretty okay with it because 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 he knows two of them, two of them he has for a long time and will and can't and can't go back right now and that's Adam Cole and Keith Lee. Um, I know I know there's scuttlebutt about certain people reaching out to Swerve, uh, which I don't blame Triple H if if that's true because no offense. Hit road just does not work if the if there's no swerve. There's nothing against top dollar Ashanti and, and B Fab, but you need swerve to 
to just make that shit work because it's it's not working. And if 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 like Triple H had to pull back a comeback or like a bring back, I'm gonna safely bet that Hit Row is probably number one on that list. Just because it it's not the same, just simply because of who Swerve is and how he is in and just and just his aura and presence made that work. And it's it's showing over there because he's in all facets, he's he's really thriving. Yeah. And that hit row was his group. And imagine what they would have been able to do if they didn't get released. Yeah. So I mean, now I don't I can, can see why he wouldn't want to come right back to WWE. Especially after having that letdown like that, and I can also see why you know they were in a hurry to bring back Hit Row because Vince had thrown it away. But I, you're right. It just it's not the same without Swerve. Hit Row just doesn't really have that same vibe. They're they're more of like a jobber tag team with a manager now. Essentially, yeah. That you know that's I mean? that, that that's that's pretty spot on. <laughs> that's what that's and what and mean. and just. No offense, just top dollar cannot lead anything. He's not ready. He doesn't. He, he's not Swerve. He's not Swerve. You are asking him to do something that's way, way above his pay grade, and he he, he can't do it. He can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, I have to agree. I agree. <laughs> it's just it's 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 fucking brutal, and it's like. I yeah. get it. I get it. You're like trying, but look, man, the yeah. obvious key ingredient is not there. So scrap this. Scrap um, this. Their little rap segments are so bad. It, it's ah. <laughs> it is it is a it is a challenge to sit through. It a, is. It's a challenge to sit through a hit road. The only way that I'm gonna be able to sit through them now is I'm going to assume it's going to be Hit Row versus the Legend El Fantasmo faction that like showed up Friday, and God, yeah, God. yeah, and 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 Escobar and those guys go over. Then yeah, that might be the only way I'll watch a Hit Row segment because they have to put that guy over because he's he's special. My thing is. Uh... They replaced Electra Lopez with Selena Vega. Yeah, what? Like, was there any clarity or any reasoning or scuttlebutt for why? You know, I read Meltzer's dirt sheet and everything. He said that originally the plan that she was just supposed to go right ahead with Electra, and then just last minute somebody else wanted Selena Vega, so they just went with Selena Vega. Wow. Yeah. Ain't that wild? Like, yeah. So it's just like, hey, you know, thanks for being a part of this trip to this point, but we're gonna substitute you. Yep. It's it's everybody else gets to go to the main roster. Yeah, I, I hate making this nerdy reference, but it's almost kind of like the Justice League movie in like them, like them desperately trying to say that we need somebody else to play like Green Arrow and not give it to Stephen Amell. It's like, uh, no. It's like, no, no. Which um, which is. I'm pretty sure the powers that be that do DC films probably would take back substituting 
the Flash in, in like Green Arrow, especially based on that one fucking actor that's apparently out of his fucking mind. Yeah, that that Urza Miller. Or yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that they'd walk that back and keep the kid that actually did the TV show. Yeah. <laughs> God damn, that's messy. Didn't that dude like kidnap some broad or something? And like, I don't know, but he pops up a lot on searches, and it, it's not good. I've yet to see anything good, which tells me that there's a lot of shit behind this that's really deep. That's really deep cutting and is probably not good. Jeez. Well, moving on. Uh, recently, right before we started the show, news today that Matt Taven and the Kingdom are kind of going to be heading to WWE. What do you think about that? I'm shocked. I mean, I, I know. Canellis and Bennett were there for like a stint and then like everything else it just went sideways one of the greatest entrance musics ever agreed agreed it, it it's cheesy and poppy but goddamn it worked mm-hmm. um after all these years I just chalked it up that we'd never see Matt Taven there but the fact that this is now on the table um is kind of optimistic it's kind of optimistic. I'm, I, 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 I'm going to assume that they're probably not going to have that name. They're going to go under something different, I'm sure. I'm sure WWE is going to put their filter on it in some way, shape, or form. But, I mean, if, if we can finally get Matt Taven on WWE TV at least once in our lifetime, I'm pretty much okay with that because this, this should have happened a long time ago. A long, long time ago. Yeah, I see. My whole thought is like Matt Taven for me. I don't not like him, but I don't hate him. Same, but like, like, yeah. Think back when he was ROH champion. That was the worst time. Yeah, that yeah. The Madison Square Garden show, all of that, everything there. Not a good time. No, or not not a good time period, because that's when everything was starting to really die, and AEW was starting to get the momentum, and that's after, and that's after everyone felt that they pretty much gutted the roster and just bastardized it, or whatever the take was. Yeah, and it was everybody left to go start AEW right at the wrong time because. New Japan and ROH sold out Madison Square Garden based on the elite still being there. And then it was like, no, we're not going to be there. And they left. And then boom. That's everything went downhill from that. Which which in effect led to them shutting down the doors, which domino effect here, 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 here we are. Now Tony has it under his, it's I hate using I hate saying this, but it's a uh, another fancy playset. Yeah. So Tony just bought another fancy playset that I have no idea what what the fuck he's gonna do, but he needs to do the right thing by it or else it's pointless. I see this shirt. I, I wish I had one. This is an original. Oh, like 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 the OG OG original. Oh yeah, yeah. it is. 
I have a few. I have a few original ROH shirts. Like I have an original. I have two original Tommaso Ciampa ROH shirts. I have this one. Um, I have that ROH Adam Cole Bullet Club one. Um, I have a few Young Bucks ROH shirts, and then I have the Super Card of Honor shirt of the when the Bullet Club explodes when it was Cody versus Kenny, Super Card of Honor. And it looks like the fucking WrestleMania shirt. Sure. Did I show you that? I think so. Pretty fucking cool. Oh, uh, I don't know if you want to see it, I can show you. But yeah, that's some of the ROH shirts that I have. We should do a show about wrestling shirts coming up. Yeah, we that might that might that might might be a two parter because. I'm sure I have too many, and if I have too many, I'm fairly confident you probably double my number. <laughs> well, fairly we confident. Can, we have our videos. We can do like I can carry you with me. Sure yeah. You, you know. Yeah, I, mean? I, I mean, last I checked, I know I was around. I'm probably lowballing the number, probably around like fifty or sixty. Okay. But pretty confident it's fifty, sixty. It might be over, but I'm just. Playing it safe. Okay. That's 50, 60 in counting because there's a couple of shirts that I do want that I just, I've been really a good grown up and haven't bought shirts for like about a year or so. So, so I'm definitely chopping at the bit. <laughs> I'm in that boat with you on that, brother. I've definitely cut back on a lot of my fucking hobby spending. It's been, uh, been tough, but it's been definitely worth it. Let me just say that. Some figures I missed out on not buying, but I'm okay with them. I don't need them all. The same Pokemon. True. I, as much <laughs> as we want it to be. <sighs> you catch that joke? Yes, I did. Right. I wasn't big into the collecting, but I did like the cartoon. Ah, okay. <laughs> they have the entire series on Netflix, don't they? I didn't know that, but I will definitely be checking it tomorrow to see if they have like the originals that we grew yeah, up with. And Pokemon the Indigo League. Okay. Yeah, it should be on Netflix. Last time I watched it, it should be. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But um, yeah, I think is that it. I was watching. What was I watching? They have the original Goosebumps on there. But me and Tommy were watching something yesterday. And then I seen that they had like a bunch of the Adam Sandler movies. Like, I'm sorry, we're rambling. No, that's... Daddy and Little Nicky and shit. You know what I mean? Which uh, Big Daddy used to be on, I think, Hulu. But it ain't on yeah, Hulu. it was on Hulu for like a good while. Yeah, like movies jump around like that. And, oh, man, that drives me nuts. Yeah, you know I, mean? I, I I hate that. I'm like I'm like if it's on this one platform, can't you guys just like work a gentleman's agreement and just have it on multiple platforms? Something, yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Make it easier on me. Ah. <laughs> Let me quit complaining about my consuming television. <laughs> um, but yeah, fuck. With that being said, Ray. Yes, sir. Give thanks for being thankful. What's something you're thankful for this week? Um. Thankful for my sanity. Um, 
as people know who follow the show, we, we kind of have real lives outside of this. We have to work, you know, normal jobs. I hate saying it that way. And with normal jobs, you deal with a lot of outside shit or nonsensical shit that really shouldn't affect you, but then it does affect you because you're there enough to be affected by it. Mm-hmm. And I'm impressed with my sanity this time around to just not be affected or or bothered by the bullshit that's going on with work. And I can just come in, put in my earbuds, listen to podcasts, do my shit, go home. Um, I don't know if that's growth or just luck or a mixture of both. But I'm pretty thankful for that because it's it's all it's all the same. It's it's ironically just like wrestling. It's all the same stuff, just with different twists, twists and flavors on 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 classic stuff. It's too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Too many chefs in the kitchen, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. The right hand doesn't talk to the left hand, and it yeah, and shit just goes downhill. So I'm thankful for not. Becoming the usual loose cannon I can be in those situations. I, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely the polar opposite this time. Which I don't know is a good thing or that I'm losing something inside me that I, I'm definitely afraid to lose. I don't know. <laughs> I can dig it. Yeah. But uh, what are you thankful for, sir? tough man without being repetitive you know week after week it's tough because you know I mean I mean don't worry I mean no offense there's nothing wrong with being repetitive because that means that that's a good thing that means that it's a strong strong part of you in your life so that so that's all good if it has to be relative to what you've probably said before yeah i mean you know i'm essentially i'll say just this i'm happy and i'm thankful for the opportunity to be where i am in life you know being a kid that I uh, didn't think I would have too many opportunities, I, you know, I'm very happy to be where I am. That's good and short and sweet to the point. And yeah. uh, also, we'd like to thank our sponsors at Manscaped this week. Uh, you can go to manscaped.com, use the right code right hook at checkout. You can get 20% off your order plus free shipping sent straight to your door. That's manscaped.com. Use our friendly code right hook, all one word. You can get 20% off your order plus free shipping. So go over there, use that. Ball toner's badass. They got a great, they got a great body wash, shampoo, deodorant. They they got it all. Whatever you need, they got over there. And it's Lawnmower 4.0 body. Lawnmower 4.0 is probably the, the best thing that I've ever gotten in my life. The number one grooming tool in America. Damn right. Lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> Manscaped.com. 
Code right hook. With that being said, Ray, send them home. All right, y'all. You can follow us on Twitter at the right hook pod. Use the hashtag right hook. Or you can email us at rhrpodcast1 at gmail.com. And until next week, I'm Right Hook Ray. I'm Tom Casadega. We'll catch you guys next week. ACS.